In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, I realize some may not be there with Elizabeth. She's the mother of who will be John the Baptist in the Christmas story. John the Baptist being the last of the Old Testament prophets, Old Testament style prophets. He's the one of whom it was prophesied would prepare the way for the Lord. So Elizabeth here, in her six months being pregnant with John the Baptist, at that point, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will be with him, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Now look at that verse. No, no word from God will ever fail. I want you to hear it from the New King James as well as the Amplified, this, this verse. For with God, nothing will be impossible. New King James Version. The Amplified, for with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And then Mary's response at the end of our text, and maybe one we could all consider. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's prepare our hearts right now as we get ready to work God's word. Cast your cares on the Lord. What are you caring right now? What might be distracting you? Cast your cares on the Lord when he cares for you. We thank you, Lord, for our police officers. We pray your safety over them and for wisdom and our proposal for our leaders during this difficult time. That's kind of craziness in our world. We pray for the Trahan family and lost of their son Keith this morning. What else do we need to do for them? 
But for the rest of us, we receive the sin nature through Adam's sin. But Jesus, born of God, the sin line could not come through him. It's an interesting story. It's amazing. It poses all sorts of, of questions. But if we're not careful, and this is where we need to go this morning, we might have a tendency to want to elevate Mary to a level of superhuman, even divine, but that is not what this is all about. Based on an understanding of all scriptures put together, what you and I need to hear this morning is simply this, and this is the first movement of, of what we need to hear today. Mary was highly favored of God, and so are you. Mary was highly favored of God, and so are you. The angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now let's talk about that for just a moment. In fact, I would encourage you to circle those words, highly favored, and then write next to those words somewhere, write the words, endowed with grace. Because it's from the Greek word, charis, from which we get word, it can translate favor, it can translate grace. If it's, if it's written out, charis, too, then it means endowed with, to be endowed with favor, to be endowed with grace. Grace in the Bible is never something we earn, but grace is always given, whether it be by your fellow man or by God himself, it's always given as a free gift. You hear that? Given as a free gift. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says it's about you. It says, for by grace, keratu, keratau actually, by God's favor, you, talking to you, you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a what? A gift. It is a gift from God. So it was by grace, it was by God's special favor that Mary was chosen for this amazing role of bringing a Savior into the world, not a Savior, the Savior into the world, and it's by that same grace, the special favor of God, that you were set apart for his sacred purposes at the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Grace, endowed with grace. Now, contrary to what some would have us to believe, it has nothing to do with how good Mary is, has nothing to do with how good you are. The truth is, it has everything to do with how good God is. Grace, faith, a free gift from God. Now, my, my, my desire here, my intention is not to dishonor Mary. I mean, what did Elizabeth say about her? She said, the mother of my Lord. But, but I have to caution anyone who would elevate Mary to a level that would put Jesus Christ secondary next to her. I mean, they would argue. They would say, after all, she is the mother of God, right? And therefore, many throughout history have lifted her up and made her this unique person, even creating doctrines related to her when the truth is God is sending a message that he can use anybody who will put their trust in him. Yeah, it says she's highly favored, but again, it has nothing to do with how good Mary was. It has everything to do with how good God is. And this could literally translate right here this way. You are going to be endowed with an extreme blessing from God. She didn't earn it. The only 
thing she could do is receive it. And that's exactly your story and mine. You can't earn it. You can only receive it. So we stop all the striving. We stop beating ourselves up in our failures. And what do we do? We get our eyes on Jesus all the more. If Jesus can save you, Jesus can complete you. <coughs> so this takes us to our second major movement here this morning. We need to hear this. Are you ready for it? If God can use Mary, God can use you. In fact, I would push it to the point of saying that Mary is an example of those foolish things that God will use to confound the lot. Okay, now where do I get that? Well, I want you to see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 27. Look at this. And celebrate yourself. What does it say? But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. You ever feel any of those ways? God chose you and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in himself, his own accomplishments, boast in who? The Lord. The Lord. Right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody right now and say, look at the guy on the stage. God can use a foolish thing like him. God can use you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The amazing thing about Mary in the Christmas story has nothing to do with how amazing Mary was. The amazing thing about Mary in the Christmas story is the fact that God could and would use her despite herself. The amazing thing about Mary in Christmas history is the fact that if God can use her, God can use you. <laughs> it's the right. Now, just a minute ago, I suggest to you that Mary had three things going for her. She was young, she was engaged, and she's working on her wedding. Now, let me tell you three things that are working. Well, maybe I'll have four. Three things that are working against Mary right now. The very first one, she's young. Wait a minute, you just said she had her youth working for her. How can it be both? Well, it is both. Because in her day and in her culture, the people understood that the only people God would use are older and wiser people. I mean, after all, Moses was in his 80s before he was effective. After all, Abraham and Sarah were in their 80s before they brought forth Isaac. And even right here in the Christmas story, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're beyond childbearing years. It says they were very old, yet it was at this point of old age that they brought the significant player, John the Baptist, into the world. So in her culture, Mary had her youth working against her. And for all of who think that it has something to do with age, Paul turns to Timothy, young Timothy, and he says this. This is from 1 Timothy 4. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And so the application right here, 
You think you're too old to be used by God? You think you've been hung on a shelf somewhere? Let this remind you that your greatest moments could be right now and they could well be just in front of you. And God has preparing you your entire life for this very moment. You feel too young. Too young to be used by God. Well, consider Mary. Probably between 14 to 16 years of age. Because that's when they got married back then. And God uses her in a mighty way. If God can use her, God can use you. Strike two, she was poor. In this culture, the rich were considered to be blessed by God. The poor were considered to be despised by God. No way God's going to use Mary. Strike three, she was female. Man, in this culture, God doesn't use women. It's men. Right? I mean, churches still claim that today. She has a strike going against strike four. What another one? She can have four. This is kickball, not baseball, I guess. She was from Nazareth. People in Judah despise people from Nazareth. Can anything good? That's where she lived. Can anything good come from there? All of these things, as far as the people of her day were concerned, would have disqualified Mary from being any kind of a significant player in Christmas history. But God shows her for one of the most major acts of obedience in all time. And it poses questions like this. Do you lack ability? Do you feel that way? Do you lack experience? Do you feel too old? Do you feel too young? Do you feel like you lack the education or the resources or the influence or whatever it is up there? Do you feel like a failure? Please don't limit God. He will use you in mighty ways if you'll just keep the trust in Him. Yeah. Paul. The Apostle Paul. He, uh, he was praying that a particular area of weakness be removed from him at one point. And he says this. He writes about this area of weakness. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But the Lord said, my grace. There it is again, right? Karis, my grace, my favor is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. You feel like a weak thing, but God's greatest opportunity going on. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then God is best able to be seen. Get over yourself and get your eyes on him. That's Mary's story, and that's Paul's story, and that's my story, and I have a hunch that's your story, too. I would propose to you that Mary was a savior who needed to save. That sinner, she needed to save man. I would propose to you that she's not a savior. <laughs> right? Yeah. Catholic influence coming out. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now the hour of death. Amen. I thought that. It's not our Savior. That prayer is in the scripture. It's not part of my prayer routine anymore. But I would propose to you that Mary was a sinner who needed a Savior just like you do and just like I do. The only difference is that Mary was appointed in a very physical way to be used by God to bring her own Savior into the world. But then you think about that for just a moment, you have to think about this. Here you are, a sinner in need of a Savior, yet God has appointed you to bring the news, the news of the Savior into the world. Because that's the way God works. That's why God has given you your story. That's why you have something to tell about what the Lord did for you. The story of deliverance, the story of a changed path. Nonetheless, it's your story and you have a story to bring and God wants to use you. This is what's so amazing about Mary and Christmas' story and this is what's so amazing about your story and my story. Come. One day, Jesus was teaching the crowds. And he was kind of dogging. I shouldn't say kind of dogging. He was really dogging the religious leaders at the point. His mother showed up. And this is how it plays out. The Bible says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. So someone comes in and tells him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. You know, when I first read this some 30 years ago as a new believer, it jumped out at me in, in a special way. I literally thought it was written that way, and I don't know if it was a special word just for me, but I got the impression reading this that Mary was outside sending a message into Jesus to say, come on, Jesus, come out, come home with us. You need to stop dying the religious leaders. You need to, you need to just, just be quiet because this is only going to cause problems for you. It's only going to get you hurt. And if you read on, he, says, he replies, Who is my mother? Are you kidding me? The mother of God? You're talking about the mother of God, and you're saying, Who is my mother, Jesus? Are you out of your mind? And who are my brothers? And then he points to his disciples, and he says, You are my mother, and you are my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And so then you want to stop there. You want to say, well, what's the will of Jesus' heavenly father that would have qualified Mary for such a status as being a member of Jesus' family? Well, it's the same thing that Jesus would say to anybody who would listen. And he spoke it in John 6, 40, when he said this, For my father's will is that everyone who looks at the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The amazing thing about Mary and the Christmas story is that God gets a hold of ordinary people like you and me, and he changes our life, and then he uses us 
for his glory. Mary was highly favored, and so are you. Now, I just want to go back to Ephesians 2, where I talked about you a moment ago. For it is by grace, by his favor, that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, now look at the rest of it, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God is fashioning us as his instruments and as his tools to use us to make a difference in the lives of someone else, whether we realize it or not. And this is part of my reasoning for wanting to start doing some leadership training on January 11th, is to inspire all of you and encourage all of you that God wants to use you in greater ways than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine, just like you used Mary. So two things. God desires from all of us this Christmas. The first is to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to the word again. My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The second thing is that just as Jesus laid down his life for you, he calls you and says, will you lay down your life for me? Listen to his call. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow him. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the Holy have you put your faith in Christ and figure out giving this Christmas? Have you given yourself to Him? Look at Mary's prayer again. <coughs> Is this your prayer? I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. You know, I honestly believe that the reason we like to put people on the platforms is because it gets us off the hook. <laughs> put Mary on the platform and we're off the hook. After all, we can never be a Mary. That's a lie from the pit of time. And if Mary were here today, she would tell us so herself. Let's pray. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come over here and be available.